Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Thank you for your word. Uh, the entrance of it brings light, illumination. It breaks yokes. It lifts burdens. It points us in the right direction, Heavenly Father. It, it empowers us. It lifts our spirits, O oh God. It does all those and more. And we're so grateful for your word, Heavenly Father. Lord, breathe upon it, O oh God, as we share your word. Uh, bring a grace, Father, uh, for revelation to be received and discerned we ask in the name of jesus and we all together say amen and amen uh, we started a two-part series uh, called the call and and if you haven't listened uh, or watched part one i would encourage you to do so i actually think this two-part series can be life-changing and and thank you to all those who have sending comments as to how it touched them uh, words of encouragement um, and who have who have who have by their words uh, uh, encouraged us that we actually heard god when we started this two-part series it's the it's called the the title is the call um, the foundation text is taken from jeremiah the first chapter verses 4 to 13. Um, last week sunday um, we highlighted a few things. Of course, we highlighted at the start the challenge that we have as human beings as to what has God called me to do. Um, and then looking at the life of Jeremiah and his uh, particular call, uh, there were a few things that we gleaned and it would be worthwhile for you to go back and listen or watch uh, last Sunday's sermon. Uh, even if you were here, uh, I was encouraged by um, a, a, a lady who said to me she'd listened to it uh, and or watched it, I think it was four or five times, she said, uh, because of the import of the message. There are a couple of things the Lord said to us. Um, uh, we first started by talking about the significance of the Word of God in the life of a child the word of the lord came to me was what jeremiah said we encouraged ourselves that we've just simply got to read study meditate confess and obey the lord the word of god and we talked about um how Jer how god knew jeremiah intimately uh, before he was born in a physical sense and what that meant the import of that truth for you and I as a Christian. We talked about how Jeremiah was ordained as a prophet, appointed by God as a prophet to the nations. And then we talked about our own threefold call, uh, that we are prophets called to speak the divine truth into culture, into our society. Uh, we speak it with love, but we speak the divine truth. We, we talked about how we are secondly priests we're called to minister to God we do that as we worship uh, in our study uh, as we live right as we pray and we especially talked about how as ministers we are actually called amb ambassadors and we are 
given by God a ministry of reconciliation um, where each one of us has a responsibility and assignment from God uh, as part of our ministry of reconcil reconciliation to play our part in reconciling men to God. Basically, we are preaching the gospel, sharing the good news. Um, we, are, we, are, we are living as an example uh, so that people are brought back to God. They are reconciled to God. Uh, we talked about how we were kings and in our role as kings, we decree, we rule, we reign. Uh, but we don't decree our own words. We decree God's words. Um, and then we talked about how that le leads us to the authority of the believer. How we know who we are in Christ. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Today we go on to part two of, of the call. And in part two there are three things um, out of the scriptures that are our foundation text that I want to deal with. Three things that can affect how you go on the assignment that God has sent you to. How you become who God has destined that you should become. Three things that we must deal with. Number one, what do you think? Number two, what do you say? Number three, what do you see? Three different things, but each one of them, uh, uh, the Bible will see uh, Jeremiah had to go through each one of those stages as God prepared him for his call. Number one, what do you think? What you think matters. It actually matters more than most of us know. In the scriptures that uh, are, is our foundation text, God spoke to Jeremiah God gave him an instruction. God said to him, I have ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. His response to God was, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. Despite the fact that he had received a word from God, a clear word from God, he was handicapped in acting out the word of God because of what he thought in his heart. He thought, I can't do it Lord because I am a youth it's too much for me I don't have what it takes I don't have the resources the giftings the graces um, there, are, there are things in my life that will prevent me from doing it God I, I'm not I haven't been prepared right and you know you can bring it down to our day-to-day -day lives you know I don't have the right qualification I'm not from the right place I didn't go through the right training um, as I grew up there are many handicaps he was saying to God I know what you want but what I think of myself I am not the one for what you want. The, 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 the wise king says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's important what we think in our hearts. It's important what we think of ourselves in our hearts. I just wanted you to know that you are not who your past experiences and circumstances say you are. Too many are tied down restrained, constrained, prevented from moving forward, from entering what God would have them do because of past experiences or because of present circumstances. You are not what your past experience says you are. 
you are not what your present circumstances say you are. You are not who others say you are. Too many are handicapped by words that have been spoken about them, by what others have said in the past or are saying about them. Too many are living their lives by the words of what of words other people have spoken. Can I say to you that you are not who others say you are. You are definitely not who the culture says you are. There really is a battle that is going on. You are in it whether you know it or not. The culture of the day is trying to shape you, is trying to shape your mind, trying to shape your ideals, trying to shape how you live your life, trying to shape what is important to you, how you react. The enemy is trying to shape the minds of our children from as young as he can get hold of them because he wants to use culture to give them an outlook on life that is different from the kingdom outlook on life. But I want to say to you that you are not who culture says you are. You are who God says you are. Some of us might have lost ourselves, but you can discover yourself again. And that's, that's part of what, what this message is about, encouraging you to discover yourself again. The label that they put on you is not the label that God has put on you. We discover ourselves again as we read the Bible. We find out who God says we are, what God says we can do. We believe that and we start to do it. So for Jeremiah, it was a fact that he was a youth. And for some of us, some of these things are facts. The circumstances are facts. The, the, the incidents that, sh that, that, that affected us are facts. You know, some of what people say are facts. But I am sure you know that the truth will always trump the facts. Frankly, the truth will make the facts line up with the truth of God's word. So yes, Jeremiah, you are but a youth. But then, does the word of God not say concerning you, Jeremiah, in Philippians 4 verse 13, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Can I say to someone that you are not limited by what they said? You're not limited by that incident. You're not limited by the family uh, circumstances. You're not limited by what your friends have said. You're not limited by the fact that no one in your peer group has done it before. You, are, you can do as much as God wants you to do because he says the truth that trumps the fact is that you can do all things through Christ who has strengthened you. I would say to Jeremiah, you are the apple of God's eye, as the psalmist says in Psalm 17, verse 18. I would say to Jeremiah, you are the blessed in the beloved. You are the accepted in the beloved, uh, as the Bible says in Ephesians 1, verse 6. Can I say to someone that you've been scarred, you've been wounded, you've been rejected, you haven't been treated right, but all that does not determine who you are. The truth says concerning you that you are the blessed in the beloved. You are beloved of God, and that's who you are. I, I, I would say to someone, 
What then shall we say to all these things? As the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 31, all these things. What then shall we say to them? Yes, uh, uh, I came from a dysfunctional home. Yes, I've had a challenged marriage. Yes, I might be divorced. Yes, I might have had a child out, out of wedlock. Yes, I was born out, out of wedlock. Yes, the business has failed. Yes, it hasn't gone exactly as planned. But what shall I say to all these things? I shall say to all these things exactly what Paul said. If God is for us, then who can be against us? We speak the truth. The truth shapes who we are. Our thinking aligns with the truth. But we can't do that if we don't know what the truth is. That's why you must get into the word of God. Amen. So the first thing is what you think. What do you think? Because what you think matters. Number two, what do you say? Because what you say matters. It's instructive how God spoke to Jeremiah. It's a lesson really. Jeremiah said to God, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. And instantly God responded to him. It was as if God wanted to stop him. The Bible says, but the Lord said to me, Jeremiah says, do not say I am a youth. It was like God was saying, don't say that. Because God understood the power of words of what we say. And as Jeremiah spoke a negative word, as he literally said to God, I know you're God. I know you have called me. I know you're all powerful, but God, it doesn't seem you understand my circumstances. My circumstances have limited me. I am but a youth. And God said to him, do not say you are a youth. You know, I love the story of Zachariah. Uh, of Zachariah. I love that story. Uh, John the Baptist's father. It just tells you uh, very graphically how far God will go. To stop us from speaking words that will pervert, truncate, mess up destiny. You know the story. Um, Elizabeth had desired a child for so long. And eventually God sends an angel to her uh, to bring the good news. Uh, if you pick it up in Luke 1 verse 13. Uh, uh, the angel came and said to him, Zachariah, do not be afraid for your prayer is heard. That's that's. May you hear that, that, that your prayer is heard. What a, a, an uplifting uh, phrase. What, what, what an exciting phrase to come from the angel of God. Your prayer is heard. May that be your testimony, uh, that your prayer is heard. May you hear that time and time again as you lift your voice to God that your prayer is heard. What an encouragement for the man of God. He had been praying with his wife, praying for a child. And that will be someone's testimony that as you have been praying and praying and praying for something that in this season we are entering, you will hear those words, your prayer is heard. It's, and it's, the, the angel goes on, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Your specific prayer has been answered. And you shall call his name John. This was not just any child. The child came with a name chosen 
directly by God. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And it begins to tell him about the destiny of this son. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. This was a special child. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, that should have blown Zacharias' mind. The angel came with this great news your prayers have been heard what you have asked god for a son he has given you he's called the son himself john and this is the cv of the son he's going to be great he's going to be used by god he's going to be a forerunner for our lord and savior jesus christ but what is zechariah's response and i i i i, I you know this 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 may this never be our response when God says I'm doing something your prayer has been heard isn't it interesting that Zacharias had been praying but when the answer came he he didn't have the faith to receive the answer and and sometimes we're like that we go through the motions of praying but really what we are praying for in our eyes is bigger than God we might not say it with our mouths, but our hearts are not expectant. Real prayer comes with expectation. As we pray, we are believing that God is able, God can do it. And when we find a promise on which it is anchored, we believe that God will do it. Zechariah said to the angel, verse 18, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Isn't that interesting? He, but he'd been praying, Zacharias. You had been praying. You had, you had petitioned God. You knew you were old. That is a fact. You knew your, your wife was well advanced in age. That is a fact. But this is the miracle walking God. With him, nothing shall be impossible. He purposes to do a thing and it is surely done. This is the God to whom all power belongs. That's the God you serve. There's nothing that God cannot do. Can I say to someone, there is nothing that God cannot do. If he doesn't do it, it's because he doesn't want to do it. Because it is not part of his plan for your life. It is not that he cannot do it. So my sister, believe God to do it. Believe God to do the impossible. He said to the mother of our Savior, the Bible declares to her, with God nothing shall be impossible. Thank God for her response, be it unto me according to your word. May that be our response, be it unto us according to your word. That's what Zacharias should have said to the angel. If God says it, it is going to happen. If God says it, the circumstances must line up to bring it to pass. That's the God that we serve. He's not a creation of our mind. He's the or is the uncreated creator. He's not, he's not a God that we can mold to fit into our own senses. No, he is the, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. All power truly does belong to him. He declares a thing and it comes to pass. If he says your prayers have been heard, that's the time to celebrate because your prayers have been heard and the answer is on its way. And I believe that's for someone who's listening that your prayers have been heard uh, rejoice and your rejoicing 
is worship and celebration. Join us on the 30th and worship God with us at the altar because your prayers have been heard. But Zachariah said, I'm an old man. How can that happen? My wife is well advanced in age. And what did the angel do? The angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel. Just in case, Zacharias, you don't know. I'm the messenger of God. I'm the archangel Gabriel. I came because God sent me. I stand in the presence of God, he, the angel says, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you these glad tidings. Zacharias, you should have been celebrating. Can I say to someone who's listening, celebrate because your prayers have been heard. I, I believe that there's someone who's going to say at the end of this sermon that someone is going to find out by the time they get home, by the time they wake up tomorrow, in the week that is coming, in the few weeks that are coming, someone is going to say, my God, that sermon was for me. My prayers had truly been heard and it is time to rejoice. But the angel says, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe the words, my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. The angel said, Zacharias, we don't need you to mess things up with your negativity. We don't need you to speak words because words are powerful that will delay what God has purposed. Can I say to someone as an encouragement, don't cooperate with the enemy. He wants you to speak words that will delay, will truncate, will mar, that will sow the wrong seeds into what God has planned. Determine that you will not do that, that you will not cooperate with the enemy even inadvertently. Zacharias was going to cooperate to, to slow down the plan of God. God had planned for John to come because the forerunner needed to come for Jesus to come. The father of the forerunner who had been praying for the forerunner to come, for him, a son to come, was about to use his own mouth to truncate or at least delay the plan. The angel just shut his mouth, made him mute. He couldn't speak and did not speak again until God's plan had come to pass and until his son was born. You see, because as the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18 verse 21. Your mouth is powerful. Death and life. You can speak death. You can speak life. Choose to speak life. Only speak death to every plan of Satan, every scheme of the enemy. I, I decree death to every plan the enemy has for you. I decree death to every scheme that he has for you. I decree death to every conspiracy that he has against you. But I speak life into you. Life into God's plans. Life into God's purposes. Use your mouth to cooperate with God. That's why when the young man was about to embark on the journey of his life. He wanted prosperity in that journey. He wanted God to bless all that he did. God said to him as he was about to lead the nation, uh, he'd never gone that way before, never done it before, had some fear and trepidation, was stepping into the shoes of his mentor. God said to him in Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart, not from your pocket, 
not from your heart even. It's great when it is in your heart, but it must leave your heart and come onto your lips and you must speak it. It is by speaking it, a, a bullet that is in a gun does nothing. Yes, it's a gun. Yes, there's a bullet, it's loaded. Yes, it is lethal. But until the bullet comes out of the muzzle, the gun is useless. The word of God in you is great. But it has, its power is released when it comes out of your mouth. Speak the word, speak life. Speak life into all the things that, that, that you want to come to life. And then speak death to the things that have to do with our enemy. So what do you say? Number three, what do you see? So what do you think? What do you say? And number three, what do you see? He says in verse 10 to Jeremiah, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. He starts by saying, see. Now, what, what was Jeremiah seeing himself in a physical sense doing those things? No. God was talking about vision, about the picture that he sees in his mind. God knew that he can't do it until he has seen it. So God says to him, see what I'm asking you to do. See it first, and then you can go and do it. What do you see? What do you see about your future? What do you see about yourself? You're not married, but what kind of marriage do you see? What kind of business do you see? What kind of person do you see yourself being? You see, you just have to see it. When God wanted to bless Abraham, God took him out and showed him the stars in the sky. And it was that picture of the stars in the sky, numerous as they were, that kept Abraham going for the next 25 years, waiting on the promise of God. If you don't see, it is difficult to hold on when it looks like nothing is happening. But if you allow God to paint a picture in your heart, you see, he gives you a vision, something you hold on to. Then through the dark nights and the valleys, the picture that is burning in your heart that you see with your spiritual eyes will keep you going. Look at what he says to Jeremiah in the 11th verse. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, God asked him the question that I am asking you, what do you see? So what do you see? And someone says, well, I see nothing. Well, then you need to go to the place where you can have the Spirit of God touch you to see. And the truth is that we see in the Word and we see through the Word. Someone says, so how do I see? In the Word. As we read the Word, the Spirit of God, the author of the Word, gives us revelation, pulls back the curtains. That's what revelation is. Shows us things. That's why there's no other Bible being written because there's enough revelation in that Bible to last every one of us our lifetimes and more. Because the author can keep revealing from the same scripture. That's why the same scripture will speak to 
speak to us in so many different ways at so many times in so many new ways so somebody says i want to see i say to that person then get into the word of god see in the word of god and then not don't just see in the word of god see through the word of god let the word of god be the lenses by which you see by which you 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 observe by which you see things that are happening in this life so as christians we don't see in the news we don't see in culture we don't see in politics we don't see through the eyes of our peers we don't see through the eyes of chat show hosts no we see in the word of god and we see through the word of god and when we see in the word and through the word it excites god and then god gives us an assurance the same assurance that he gave jeremiah listen to what he said to jeremiah in the 12th verse jeremiah says then the lord said to me you have seen well why had jeremiah seen well because when we see in the word and through the word god always says to us you have seen well and then because you have seen well because you have seen in the word and through the word that's why if you're not in the word then you are going to stumble in life if you're not in the word then unfortunately you are going to stub your toe as you journey if you're not in the word then sadly an accident is likely to happen you're likely to fall into a ditch you can't be a christian and not be in the word we see in the word and we see through the word and when we do that god says you have you have done well he says and then he says gives us this assurance for i am ready to perform my word why is he ready to perform his word because he has found a son or a daughter who has seen in the word and seen through the word someone who has held on to what he has seen in the word and someone who's looking at life circumstances through the lenses of the word god says because you're that person i am now ready to perform that word i love the way the amplified classic puts it then said the lord to me jeremiah said you have seen well for i am alert and active watching over my word to perform it it's a graphic picture of god searching the earth and searching the hearts of men and women seeing those who have stored the word in their heart those who have who have accepted who he says they are their thinking aligns with who he says they are in the word and those who are speaking the word and because they can they have they are thinking aligns with the word they are seen in the word and through the word and they are speaking the word god who is alert and active watching over his word when they see a word and see in that word hold on to that word speak that word god says literally i'm excited by that and i want to go into that person's life into their circumstances to bring that word to pass he says so that my word is performed and that tells us the pivotal place of the word of god in the life of a christian the reason the church is not on the front foot like it should the reason you look at a, a, a christian's life and it's not the kind of life that the bible paints the kind of life 
that the Bible outlines for us in the first psalm. And I, 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 I want to read that to you. This is what our life should be like. This is who we are. The Bible says in Psalm 1 that this is really who we are. It says this person is blessed. It says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the council, of, of, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Who's the blessed man? Who's the blessed woman? Whose life will you look at and just declare that this person is just blessed? The Bible says that it is the one who of course doesn't, doesn't follow godly counsel. Of course does not allow sinners to influence their life. Of course does not hang around people who are scornful and, and, and blasphemous. Of, but, 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 but critically that person... His delight, her delight is in the law of the Lord. They love the word of God. They love study. They love meditation. They love reading it. They don't have to be cajoled to do so. They meditate on it, not just day, but day and night. And then he says this about that person. If you want to see what it is like being blessed. He says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Graphic picture of someone who's prospering. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Always on time. In season. Bearing fruit. Whose leaf also shall not wither. It doesn't matter what is happening. Interest rates are up and down. Economies are collapsing. People are facing challenges. But there's a person who continues to be evergreen and whatever he does that's an amazing statement these are people who just prosper they come into a place the place just blooms and prospers and blossoms whatever he does shall prosper but for that person that person has to delight themselves in the law of god the pivotal and foundational role of the, of the Word of God, we can't escape it. If you're going to find out God's call for your life and fulfill God's call for your life, the foundation must be the Word of God. You're going to prosper. The picture that is painted in that first psalm, the foundation must be the Word of God. You're going to get favor. The foundation must be the word of God. That you're reading, you're studying, you're meditating day and night as the Bible says. You're speaking the word and you are obeying the word. And I want to end on that note um, that Jesus, where Jesus spoke to us out of Matthew, Matthew the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, in graphic language, if you, if you can't do without food, you can't do without the food of the word of God. And, and you can't do without food indefinitely. The way you, you can wither um, and, and become sick because you're not eating right is the same way a person becomes sick, withers when they are not feeding on the word of God. And I love the message translation as I end of that scripture. 
He says, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Uh, and I love that picture of a steady stream. It's not something you do one day. It's something you do as a lifestyle. It's daily. You wake up and you're in the Word. It's creating time to, to study, not just read. It's, it's understanding that you can't, it doesn't get into your system except you meditate on it. You can't shape things except you speak it. And you get God's favor when you obey it. Hallelujah. And you know, if you're in Jesus' house, and you really understand this, you, you, you would be a part of our Bible study at 7 p.m. every Monday. Every Monday, we gather together for Bible study. Uh, if you really understand the importance of the Word of God, you will be a part of that Bible study every Monday. It's online. It's made easy for you. Uh, and we can get together and trust God to give us revelation of His Word uh, in the Bible study. There are about a hundred and something people who are, on, who are part of it regularly. But there are thousands of you. Everyone should be a part of that because they understand that this is food. I need it to survive. I can't survive without it. And I certainly can't prosper without it. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. We give you all the praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, help us, O oh God, to imbibe your word and to do what your word would have us do. What do we think of ourselves? What do we say concerning ourselves and our circumstances? Father, help us, O oh God, to think right, to say the right things, Heavenly Father, to do the right things, O oh God. We ask that you will just help us in Jesus' name, and we say amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if there's anyone who hasn't given their lives to Christ, and this is a wonderful opportunity, um, it is in Christ that we have our authority as, a, as believers. And it is when we are in Christ that we get the Spirit of God to reside in us, to reside in us, and then to show us the truths in the Word of God. It's only in Christ. Uh, and if you, if you don't give your life to Christ, those truths are hidden from you. Uh, there are many times that, that the Bible will tell us that God, God did allow those who were not following him the revelation of the word. It's a, it's a privilege for you and I. And so you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to accept him as Lord and Savior. Um, if you're in person uh, at the base, uh, slip your hands up. Um, if you are watching online, then please... Uh, scan the code or click on the link uh, if you are at the hub in Greenwich, yes, at the hub in Greenwich, please just slip your hands so wherever you are, you just want to give your life to Christ, the slipping up of your hand is just a step of faith for you to indicate to God uh, not just in your heart but by your actions that you want to join his family and will you pray with me Heavenly Father, I thank you today I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I turn away from anything that is displeasing to you as I commit my life to you, Heavenly Father. Today, O oh God, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. 
and I declare that I am now a child of yours, born again into your family. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, if you said that prayer, welcome, welcome to God's family. Um, if you said that prayer in the hub, please um, go, go up front right after to any of the leaders. Um, um, they'll, they'll be waiting up front for you. Um, and um, if you're here in the base, um, please uh, uh, come up front as well. Um, some of our leaders will be waiting here for you as well here in the base. Hallelujah. Amen. 